Hello, all. Welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello all, welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hope Without Sight with your host, Sailor Cooper, and your host, Tyler Evans. Co-host, actually. Yeah. This is yeah. episode 32. Cracking the code to free college. On this episode, we have a very special lady. She is a TEDx speaker, a coach, and a mastermind on how you can send your children to college and and leave college with money in your pocket and, of course, to make college not a debt sentence because so many college students are broke they're paying back the loans and it's just awful she homeschooled her children from pre-k all the way to 12 she struggled during the financial the 2008 financial crisis and despite this she came out on top Please welcome our very special guest, Denise Thomas. Denise, how are you doing today? Sailor, I'm so excited to be here. It is a beautiful day. Yes, it is a beautiful day. And also, you got the Voices of Women Summit coming up right after this. It's International Women's yeah, Day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an awesome day. I'll be speaking several times on several summits today, so it's going to be a blast. And let me oh, guess, yeah. you're going to speak about cracking the code of free college, right? Absolutely. So, awesome. So, Tell us about yourself. What made you step into the space in helping people get a debt-free degree? Well, Sailor, it, it, was, a, um, it was a whirlwind, if I can tell you that. Uh, sometimes God puts us in positions, and at the time, we don't know what the reason is and how we're going to come out of it. For sure, but, yeah. Uh, my husband had been in the corporate world for about 15 years and we were doing, we had just built our dream home. The, the one we thought we would retire on a, a really, really beautiful house. It was on a lake. It was big enough to 
let the church borrow it for, for their events. I mean, it was really, it was what I wanted everything to be. It was fabulous. Just a couple, two or three months after it was finished and we had moved in, my husband got laid off from his corporate job. Wow. I was cool. I'm going, okay, cool. That's all right. Well, we'll just go ahead and put the house on the market, you know, cause I'm, I'm one of these very conservative people when it comes to money. I don't want to be stuck in any, you know, weird places. So we put it on the market. He was able to get another job pretty quickly. That was awesome. We could breathe because this was, you know, not a small house note. So the house you moved, you just moved into after he got laid off, you thought you'd go ahead and put it on the market and sell it. Yep. It's, it's like, it's, it's like, I'm not, I can't be attached when I see something like that coming and he got a new job, thank goodness. But then he got laid off again. Ow. The market that he was in at the time, we weren't paying a whole lot of attention and world events were going weird as well. So it was just one of those things where it was like a trifecta of issues that happened. And at the same time, Right after that second layoff, the stock market crashed. So we lost everything that we had. Everything. Our life savings, totally gone. What I didn't know at the time is that my husband thought we would use our retirement savings or some portion of that to pay for our kids to go to college. I know now that would have been a really bad idea, but then... That wasn't even on my mind. So after the money totally ran out, we got to the point where I realized we had only one choice. We had to declare bankruptcy because we could no longer pay the bills. We had just enough left in the account to pay for a bankruptcy attorney and to buy a lawnmower and a trailer so that we could put food on the table. There was nothing left. So the house went into foreclosure and the bankruptcy was liquidation. Everything we had was sold. We also had two dogs. And because we had to move into a small apartment, our two dogs had to go as well. Wow. So, so it was from up on a high, you know, mountaintops or the top of a roller coaster to a downward spiral right? The very, about, I'll tell you about how it went. Several times I found myself flat on the floor, face down, bawling my eyes out, begging to God, why? The, the good news is I knew that we would never be homeless in the physical sense. No. Because we have family. You know, and, you know, when I see people on the street, I always wonder, where is their family? I knew that, you know, it would not be fun for anybody because I had, you know, it was before of us, but we would have some place to lay our head if it all went to crap. But it was a very difficult time because I got no answers out of the why me, you know, why is this happening? What would, I could not foresee the good. We did everything right. We, we, we didn't spend ridiculously amounts of money we saved you know we 
we didn't have debt other than the house, right? So I just, nothing made sense. We invested, we did all the things right financially, yet it happened anyway. So fast forward just a few months being into this small apartment with two kids. My daughter was about to start high school. My son was a few years behind her. And suddenly I realized, wait a minute, college is four years away. How are we going to pay for this? Yes. We have no savings. We have no 401k to borrow against. We have no house to borrow equity from. And that bankruptcy means we can't co-sign for those student loans everyone likes to talk about. Mm-mm. See, they... they they talk about student loans, you know, every couple of years, it becomes a political football, but they forget to mention somebody has to co-sign for those puppies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's the parents or the grandparents usually. When we couldn't co-sign. So how were they going to go to school? How on earth would we pay for college? Makes sense because in order to take out a loan, they need to see that you have, you know, the income to pay it back eventually, right? And credit. And you credit. have to have a good credit score. You know, bankruptcy is not good. Bankruptcy affects your credit score, really? It does. I mean, it affects it for years, like a decade. Ow. Now, what's, it, what's, what's funny about that is that it doesn't take too long, just a couple of years or so before credit card companies start sending you credit cards again or invitations to build up your credit again. Hopefully most people who have gone bankrupt understand that's a really bad idea. That that many people, that's the whole reason they went bankrupt. But uh, anyway, I digress. When I was sitting there realizing we could not pay for college, it really struck me a lot harder than I think Maybe some families would, because what was going through my mind at the time was what I had to go through for my own college degree. You see, when I was growing up, we always heard when you go to college, not if you go to college from my parents. It was just assumed you were going to get a college education, but nobody talked about how it was going to get paid for. Exactly. And sailor kids, teenagers live in their own little world. They don't have any idea what their parents' finances are like. They have a roof over their head, food on the table. They get a Christmas present every year, a birthday gift, and they're cool. They have no idea. Especially back then, nobody talked about money in families. And I don't know that it's a whole lot different today. So... At about between my junior and senior year that summer, the topic of paying for college came up and my mother said, oh no, we're not paying for you to go to college. That's on you. Yeah. I was, I I had no idea. I had just assumed they were paying for college, but sailor looking back on it years later, I realized There was no way they could have afforded college. We were poor. I didn't know we were poor. Nobody said we were poor. 
That's right. But like I said, we had food, we had birthday present, a Christmas present. What I didn't realize until many years later, we shopped at the thrift stores for clothing. My dad and I would take like little twice a week road trips around the neighborhood on trash night, looking to see if anybody, quote, has any good trash. What that meant was, does anybody have anything that they put out on their lawn for the trash that he could fix? A bicycle, a lawnmower, a desk, a rocking chair. We got all of that because somebody put it out on their lawn as trash. So in a way, you would kind of go dumpster diving to find yes. this stuff. It was, it was dumpster diving, you know, back when I was a teenager. And, you know, bicycles in our, we had four kids in our family. I was the oldest. Bicycles, that was hand-me-down bikes. You know, dad would slap a new seat on it, paint streamers, and, you know, voila, it would get hand-me-down to the next kid. So I didn't realize any of that growing up. And I went to college on the Pell Grant, which is for low-income families. Yeah, it's a it's it's part of a FAFSA, the federal student aid. Tyler, you I know you're familiar with that because you, you had to fill that out. Exactly. Yeah, I am. I've filled it out every year. Yeah, every year. And the the Pell Grant though is not intended to cover everything for college. You're not intended to go away to school. It's for your local regional college, and it covers pretty much most of that for most kids if yeah. they're living at home. But I didn't live at home. I went away to school. Uh, it was a public school, but I still, even with the Pell Grant, I still had to work three jobs. And even then, I had to lift food from the college cafeteria so I could eat on the weekends. Dang. I did not want my kids to go through that. No. So that was where the story began. That was where I got the determination that by golly, there's got to be a way. What are we missing? And that's when I started doing the research. And in my research, Sailor, I found that 70% of college students graduate with student loan debt. <laughs> but I can do the math. That means 30% are graduating debt-free. Wow. What are they doing? And why don't we know about it? Why isn't the media talking about that? Yeah, I asked to figure out what was going on, what was different. And what I did is if, if something I found sounded remotely like it might have an effect, I put it into action with my own kids from late middle school. And of course, my son was younger all the way through high school. In the end, my two kids were accepted to every college they applied to. With scholarships, they attended college on 17 scholarships, totaling more than $199,000. They both walked out of college debt-free with cash left over. Dang. Now, dang, now going to detail, how did you, how were you able to uh, allow them to do all that whenever you were broke and bankrupt yourself? How in the world? I mean, to me, Unless you explain how you did it, that's just not possible. What did you do? Well, okay. I'm glad you asked. So here's the thing. When I used to talk about this on stages, 
I would end with that. And it was like, and that'd be it. And people, what I didn't realize is that uh, a mom came up to me in 2019 when I got off of a stage in California and said, your kids must be geniuses because my kid applied to 40 scholarships and won none. What I had failed to mention was that literally half of the scholarships my kids won, $100,000 worth, did not even ask for GPA or test scores. So no, you don't have to be a genius to win all of these scholarships. What you do have to do is understand what scholarship committees are looking for. You have to apply to the right scholarships, not the wrong ones or sweepstakes drawings. And you have to know what colleges are looking for early enough and scholarships early enough so that you can plan that strategy throughout high school so your kids have what they're looking for. Yes. So your kid's application is that, oh my gosh, this kid is awesome. We're going to pay them to come here. There you That's go. What plan, it, plan ahead. You've I mean, got to plan ahead. You've got to start early. That's right. That's not what we're told today. You know, for decades, we've been telling kids and even my own friends when I was doing the research, Denise, you're starting too early. Wait till junior year for that. No, that's the bad idea. Yeah. Start now. I don't care. Look, I don't care if you've got a kindergarten kid. There's a scholarship for a kindergartner. Oh, yeah. Now you can start anytime. Let's face it. Did you? Kids graduate like top of their class, valedictorian, and all that, or were they just well? They're home. Ready? They were homeschooled, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, they were homeschooled, yes. Yeah, so, what their yeah. grades are, you know? <clears throat> yeah, they were. No, home- they did not have. They did not have perfect uh, ACT scores or SAT scores. It was good, but certainly not perfect. You know, not even close. So, how did they get into all those colleges without the scores? Because that's what most colleges require, unless you go to a community college. Right. Well, they did send their scores in, but the the colleges are looking for three important things. Will you pass and graduate? That's number one, because they need to have kids that are going to continue and they're going to stick it out and they're going to actually get their diploma, because that affects some of their statistics their graduation statistics. So your child's grades in high school, their test scores, yes, colleges do still want the test, even if it says it's test optional. And also the course rigor. So are they taking AP classes or dual enrollment classes at the local community college or any or honors classes? What what are they doing to present themselves academically as trying to go for something a little harder than, you know, quote, whatever easy classes might be available. Exactly. Now for us, we homeschooled. We didn't have access to AP classes. And the truth is what parents don't realize is that high schools add extra points to your GPA when you take AP classes and honor classes so you have a what's called a weighted GPA versus an unweighted GPA. Well, every college strips those weighted points off of your GPA. They take it off. They are leveling the playing field. They have their own uh, formula for recalculating your GPA. And here's how this works. If your kid 
let's let's say your kid goes to a high school that has that offers 15 AP classes and your kid took 12 AP classes from your school. But there's another kid applying whose high school only offered two AP classes and they took the two that was offered. So it doesn't seem fair for your kid to get the 12 extra points because they took those AP classes than this other kid who didn't have that chance. So they're going to weigh this and they're going to recalculate it based on how many you took and, and, and what's available. So if your high school offered 15 and you only took two, well, now they're wondering why only two. Yet the other kid who's only offered two classes and you took all of what was available, that looks even better. So it's just, it's a, it's just a, a way of looking at it for the college. They want to know that you are taking rigorous classes and that you're trying really hard and that you're getting good grades. So that's number one. Number two, they want to know, how do you fit into the campus community? They're looking at your extracurricular activities. Did you have a job? What kind of community service have you done? Things like that. So I call that the resume portion of your application. What that tells them is, what do you love? What is it that lights up your kid? And the kid that bounces around from one thing to another, that doesn't tell them anything. It might say that you're trying to pad your resume with a bunch of stuff that you really didn't care about. So they're not looking for the jack of all trades. They're looking for that one or two things that says who you really are and what is in your heart. What, what thing that you do that you absolutely love. There's and that one you keep or two doing niches. it. There's one yeah. or two niches. Yeah. Exactly. Now, how, what I'm trying to get is since your kids were homeschooled, how did your kids uh, like get into those colleges? How do they meet those requirements? Uh, how do they deal with all the AP requirements you're talking about and extracurricular activities since they were homeschooled. That's what I'm trying to get. Right, right. Well, homeschoolers do have options. Uh, you may not have cheerleading. You may not have dance team. Uh, but you may have a local dance facility, a, a building, a place that has dance classes. Right. Um, you may have, uh, let's say your child likes to play baseball. You might have the local recreational park that has baseball for your for your boys or girls. You may have softball. You may have all kinds of sports available. Um, there's other things as well. For example, if your kid likes to play chess, okay, maybe he starts his own chess club. He can start it online. Have a, you know, and and do a Zoom room type of chess club, right? You can play chess like right. that. Right. You could you could do if you could start it at your own high school if you have a high school if you traditionally schooled. So they're looking for what is it that is going to take you hopefully from freshman year all the way through high school, but certainly at least sophomore year all the way through. And here's why. Sailor back when I was in I'm sorry, not submitted until the spring 
of senior year. But today, college applications are submitted early fall of senior year. Wow. So if your kid, so regardless of what it is that you have, whether it's an activity or grades, freshman, sophomore, and junior year is what counts. You're not even putting on senior year activities because you haven't started senior year for a lot of these kids when they put in their applications. Exactly. So you've got to lead up to and plan to already have things that have leadership in it or that look like leadership. And leadership doesn't have to be, you know, president or vice president of a club. Leadership looks like a lot of things. But for my kids, you ask, what did they do for their course rigor? They didn't have AP classes. They took a couple of community college classes while they were in high school. And home, that, while they were homeschooled, I see. While they were homeschooled. Um, we, as far as activities, they didn't have band and they didn't have, you know, student body government. Um, my daughter was a dancer. So in high school, she did ballroom dancing. My son uh, did martial arts. So he had martial arts from the time he was three years old and he loved that and and ended up with his third degree black belt by the time he graduated from high school. And he was an instructor as well. So, but, you know, I, I say there's always this one thing, but it can be more than one thing. Your kid can, they can be in leadership in their youth group at church. Exactly. You know? Exactly. There's so many options. I mean, as long as the homes, it makes sense. As long as homeschoolers, even though like they may not, there may not be extracurricular activities at first, because obviously they're being homeschooled, as long as they get engaged within their surrounding communities, say like all the homeschoolers get together and, you know, uh, create a club, assemble activities, just stuff to do, or say if they like they volunteer at their church, it, that all counts. Everything counts. Everything counts. Yeah. Literally, and I don't care if you're homeschooled or, or traditionally schooled, Everything from the second your kid gets out of eighth grade, so the summer between eighth and ninth grade is your ninth grade summer. Start, starting there, everything counts that that your child has done. If they if they got up out of bed, went to school, came home and did homework, okay, what else is there? Hopefully, not just played video games twenty four seven after that. No, no. If that is your kid teach them coding and have them learn how to write video games and yeah. then sell them to their friends. Okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's a good one then. There's always something. Think outside of the box. Kid love to. Yeah. So the third thing that colleges are looking for, and this is sometimes kind of a gut feeling. What kind of an alumni will you be? How will your adult life reflect back on your alum, your, your alma mater? They're looking for the next Elon Musk. They're looking for the next Michelle Obama. After you Who graduate. are you going to be as an adult? Exactly. Right. And there's a, there's, there's a gut feeling about that, depending on what your kid has accomplished during high school, you know, and some of it is, Community service. I mentioned that before. Um, it is a good indicator if if colleges are looking at two kids that have the same GPA, same test scores, they're going into the same field, and maybe 
maybe they have the same activities, right? Right. But if one of them has only the number of community service hours required for graduation, maybe it's 25 for their state or 50, and the other kids has 100 or more community service hours in a specific area that they love, what that tells the college is that here is someone who is likely to continue serving their community in some way as an adult. And that reflects back on their college. It does. Sure does. Very well said, Denise. Makes sense. And you, you've done a great job now. Are you, um, you obviously, you, you prepared early. You, you prepared your kids early, even though uh, financially y'all weren't in the best shape. Now, how did y'all get out of that hole, out of that bankruptcy? I mean, did did your husband get another job, or like, well, how how did y'all how did y'all get out of that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, okay, so that lawn care business, the mowing lawns to put food on the table, we grew that to a six figure company, and we did that by showing well. up, literally by showing up. What we realized is that. A lot of the service-oriented companies, at least in our own personal experience, just didn't show up when they said they would. But if you showed up, guess what? You get paid. And if you show up all the time, regularly, every time, you get referrals. And if you do an excellent job at what you've been hired to do, it's, it's, it just by, it grows by leaps and bounds. And I'll give you an example of that. When my husband would be called up and ask, somebody would ask, hey, you know, um, I'd like you to come give us a, a bid and, and tell us what it would cost to have you come do our lawn on a regular basis. Cool. And he would say, well, before I come over, uh, why don't you go over to a couple of these other houses in your neighborhood that I do? Um, so that you can see the kind of work. And oh, well, you know, it's just mowing. The, no, it's not just mowing the grass. I promise you, go take a look. I, you, matter of fact, I'll just give you the corner address. And I'm not even going to tell you which house it is. And you'll be able to tell which one is mine. Wow. That is how good of a job he did. So he 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 worked his he worked his tail off, and you see, I see, I'm proud. I commend y'all because, uh, even though y'all were in a hole, struggling financially, uh, y'all put your bootstraps up, even though you you were on the floor just crying. Um, y'all y'all didn't stop. Y'all just started a company yourself instead of him looking for another job. I'm, I I really commend y'all for that, which is the reason why me and Tyler are doing this um, entrepreneurship journey. As you know, it's, it's, it's so hard for us to find jobs as disabled people for obvious reasons. Employers just don't want to understand. And it's, it's not only frustrating and it's wrong. And that's why, you know, I, I even though this journey I'm on is unknown, I'm still figuring stuff out, putting all pieces together. I commend myself for standing up and going out there fearless and just jumping out 
jumping ship Absolutely. and just swimming and doing it. And um, I know we talked about this before, but I'm, I've, I'm, I'm figuring it out more and more. I've been working with Michelle Abraham. Uh, I'm going to set up membership sites for the podcast. I, um, now you do, you do, do you do paid speaking or speak to sell? Uh, both actually, yeah. I, uh, paid speaking and speak to sell. Um, I'm yeah. going to be at six conferences this year already, uh, five homeschool conferences and one financial conference uh, that happens yeah. to be in Florida. That one I can, it's not as far from me as the others. Yeah, uh, but I love, I love speaking. Speaking is great. Yeah. Cause uh, I'm, um, I'm going to do for now cause I don't have any offers yet. That's still in the state. I'm still in that stage, as, as you know. But uh, I did sign up with Frank King. He and I are going to start working together. I'm going to do paid speaking gigs at colleges, associations, uh, even cruises. Uh, yeah, I signed up for Frank because, uh, you know, Joe, Mister, always good at Speakers Playhouse Live. That's what he recommended. He recommended. He recommended his program. He recommended Frank's program for me over. Play 100 because play one hundred because play one hundred it's it's more speak to sell and plus I don't know what I don't know what you've seen with me what but what Mister always could have seen with me is that I could be very good at paid speaking that's my niche I agree I agree and and Frank is awesome I'm also working with Frank just so you know oh good uh, Frank is fabulous and uh, yeah you know it's it's interesting. When my daughter was 16 years old, uh, well, she had started competing in ballroom dance. I think she was 14. And at age 16, she had three dance partners for three different styles of, of dance for a regional championship. And it was probably about May, April or May of that year. And we were at a friend's house having a crawfish boil. Everybody was having a good time. And they had just put up a zip line in their yard. So everybody was enjoying the zip line. And then my daughter gets on it. And she slips off from the top, like from the platform at the top. And she breaks her pelvis. Places. Ow. Ow. This was not only painful for her, but devastating because she was six weeks from this ballroom dance championship. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because for the first several weeks, she was pretty much on bed rest. I mean, she was not allowed to move. This It was like, just don't freaking move. The doctor said, you just can't move. This is, we are, we are, we have got to get the bone to start healing and luckily, because it's not a straight bone, bones that are curved in our body will heal a lot faster. So as long as she didn't move and she stayed stationary for a few weeks, she would be, be okay. So she stayed still, stayed home, didn't go anywhere. But once she was allowed to be in a wheelchair, uh, we would take her to, you know, just to get out of the house. We would go to Walmart and, you know, TJ Maxx and some other stores that she found how unphysical disability friendly these stores are. And then she became an advocate 
And she would write the stores and let them know what they needed to make changes with. So the accident was a blessing in disguise in a way. It was, it was an eye opener even for us because, you know, we're not physically disabled. So we don't generally even pay attention to whether or not a doorway is wide enough or the dressing rooms at, at the store. Can you get in and out of it with a wheelchair? You know, and they, they might appear to be large enough, but for reals, they're not. And it, it's just something that they, you have to put yourself in a wheelchair to know that. Um, so that was quite interesting, but fast forward, just want to finish that story with her. She, in the last couple of weeks, last three weeks or so, uh, before the competition, she's in the wheelchair. She's not allowed to get up. That's it. Wheelchair and bed. She had the three dance partners. One of them had never competed before. He says, I'm out. I can't not practice and compete. Can't, can't possibly do that. The other was her brother. She was going to compete with the Paso Doble with her brother. Uh, but the doctor was very specific. He said, you cannot do that pounding with the Paso Doble, even, even after your quote ready. It's just not, no, too soon, too soon for that. So that was out. The other gentleman had competed before. He was willing to be coached by her from the wheelchair while I was filling in for her as his dance partner, and she would coach him as to what he was doing and not doing so that the doctor told her, in order to compete, you cannot practice at all. You will get out of that wheelchair and walk onto the dance floor. And that's exactly what she did. And so, she won that competition. So she she was able to participate in that competition and won it after all. How cool. Even without practicing, it was just muscle memory. It was muscle memory. And she did have a little bit of physical therapy. And the physical therapist, we gave him tapes of her, her performances before so that he could see how she was supposed to be able to move. And he was very thankful because had, had he not seen that, he's a a physical therapist for professional athletes. So we made sure that she was going to the right person in those last couple of weeks. Uh, and he told us this thing. He said, the difference between professional athlete and everybody else is the amount of pain you're willing to go through to get back on the field. And now your daughter's fine. Right? Yeah, absolutely. She walked- she's still dancing, still dancing. What a story. And so, of course, I imagine you're no longer bankrupt anymore. You're, you're financially set. So you had to give up that first house. Yeah. Tell everybody, what house are you in now? <laughs> well, I am in an airplane hangar. I live in an apartment in an airplane hangar on an active private airport in Florida. My husband... My husband's hobby is flying airplanes. Ooh. What airplanes does he fly? The 737s? Oh, no. He, he has a Cessna. Um, and I can't tell you which one because I stay on the ground and take pictures. <laughs> I don't fly. <laughs> oh. Wow. 
So that, you know, going through all of that is why I'm able to help other families. Um, if, if it had not been for us going through that bankruptcy, I never would have gone through that effort to find out what to do. I would have been just like every other family, either in debt, co-signing for our kids' loans, or, or using, uh, using up our retirement for it, right? So it was a blessing. It was definitely a blessing. Yeah, and I think where I'm going through now, as you know, uh, what I'm feeling is totally normal, still figuring things out. I, I tell myself when this is all said and done, I'm not going to look back. You know, I'll never have to worry about finding another job again, which is going to be exactly. incredible. And so uh, how many TEDx, have you, TEDxes have you been on, speeches have you given, and what are your future goals? Uh, well, I've only done one TEDx, and as much as I would love to do another one, that is not a, the forefront of my my goal. Uh, what's on the forefront for me is speaking as often as I possibly can to families to get as many families as possible on board so that they too can crack the code to free college for their kids and their grandkids. The, the way, the difference between coming out of college with debt and coming out debt-free, the, the amount of freedom is just, just incredible. Uh, your, your kids can do anything when they come out of college without that monkey on their back. Exactly. But also talk- just, but also just know uh, that college indeed is not for everybody, you know? Absolutely. That is the nope. thing that I, uh, my, no, you don't have to go to college to be successful in life. No, you don't. that is another myth or lie or belief that has been perpetuated for decades it's why we are lacking and in need of the trades. There's not enough mechanics. There's not enough electricians or plumbers or hairdressers or name the trade because we've been telling people you have to go to college. Exactly. And so it's maybe, not a requirement. Maybe you should even add that to your portfolio too, because um, I went to college for two years, but I didn't finish because I just... I just didn't like it. It was just too much. And also, I'm going to mention to Frank, um, a topic I really want to cover at colleges is, uh, I'm not going to go into the specifics, but uh, I, want to, I want to spread a message about preventing hazing and a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the bad stuff that happens in fraternities because mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to go into the specifics, but uh, uh, my sister had a very bad experience in college at, at, in a fraternity, and it really, it really has affected, you know, myself and my family um, financially, emotionally. It, it just, it just has cost us everything. And so, what I want to work on is just spread awareness. You know that if you're going to go to college, please. Be very careful and don't don't get yourself into trouble when you don't need to. And just for fraternities and sororities, if you're going to be on campus, behave yourself, you know. Yeah, I think kids don't understand that technically they're adults at that age. 
and they 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 should they they should understand responsibility you know yes. and and how their actions affect other people uh a lot of that i believe sailor i'm i'm not going to you know go on too much of a tangent here but a lot of that comes with how kids are raised you know i i fully believe yeah. that a lot of today's woes and look i am i'm not a dr seuss person or whatever you you know i i, I believe that Parents do have an extraordinary impact on how their kids turn out as adults. Exactly. You know, and it, some of it stems from very young, uh, uh, emotional trauma, you know, or not, et cetera, how you handle things. And, you know, just, just the simple things. Exactly. Parent, parent says, oh, my kid come home, comes home from college and, you know, leaves everything laying on the floor and disrespectful and, uh, you know, coming in at all hours. Like, yeah. Nothing changed between, did you think there was suddenly going to grow up from high school to college? You know, what were, were they able to pick up their clothes when they were in high school or, you know, or, you know, did you have a curfew then? Do they understand that mom and dad have to go to work in the morning? You know, it's, it's about communication. It's about uh, it understanding and, That's right. and tra it's, it's training, training your kids to be, um, adults that can go out into the community and serve other people yes indeed yes indeed. you know yeah so yeah i'm excited for you sailor thank you denise and so um i know you have an affiliate program uh please uh share that and i'll be happy to help promote it awesome well first of all if if any other entrepreneurs out there would love to promote what i do I do have an affiliate program, and I would love to have you on board helping to support families uh, to be able to get that message out. Uh, I have a gift for parents and grandparents, if you are interested. It is a 12-point checklist so that if and when your children apply to colleges and scholarships, get this checklist and don't submit until you've checked all these boxes, because these are the things that colleges and scholarship committees see that automatically puts your kid's application in file 13, which is the trash bin. Yes. And I believe I had that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Awesome. So I don't believe I have anything else, but before we wrap up with our customary ending, Tyler, do you have any other questions for, for our guests today? Um, <clears throat> well, I believe, uh, who was it that uh, was it your daughter that was submitting um, information to stores about the dis about yes. uh, uh, how not disabled friendly, disability yes. friendly, whatever? Well, I had an experience where I was in college. I was at a junior college and I noticed one of the buildings was not brailled. And so what I did, I contacted the dean of the community college the um, of that building <clears throat> And just before I graduated, they, they got the project done and the, and the building is now brailled. The classroom doors are brailled now. That's fabulous. I love it. I love it. Yeah. If you and see so I, something, say something, right? I mean, exactly. that's, right. you don't have to live with it. If it's, if it's, you know, not helpful, ask people to make a change. And that's right. And I believe employers, if they just know, if they knew our situation yeah. about blindness, I do believe that most of them will work. Oh, 100%. And that's what I hope to promote educated. out there. 
That's right. Because blind people don't just have to be entrepreneurs. They can work too. Yeah, absolutely. So many options out there for people to do. Yeah. A speaker is also a great option, right? I mean, blind people can clean. They can yeah, clean sure. houses. I mean, I clean my bathroom yeah. <laughs> by myself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just about getting to know your environment and exactly. look, and the your senses, everybody knows this, you know, when, when you're blind, your, your senses, other senses are enhanced. And I believe your memory is enhanced. You know? Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, so your memory for well, spatial awareness, mm-hmm. right? So certainly you can be, look, I paid good money to have my house cleaned. Yeah. Because it was important ever, to me. <laughs> yeah. You ever had a blind person clean your house? Oh, we did not have a blind person from our church. I had somebody from our church do it for me. I wanted to keep the money in the family. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. cool. Awesome, All right. Awesome. So I'll take our customary ending. So Denise. Okay. Despite everything you've been through, it's clear. Come out on top from bankrupt to, uh, I don't know if I should say wealthy, but uh, correct me. Live in an airplane hangar. Yeah, a (laughs) wealthy entrepreneur. We're definitely comfortable. A wealthy entrepreneur uh, to uh, helping other college kids go to college debt-free. What advice would you give to anybody who is struggling in life and doesn't know where to turn and who doesn't even know if they're going to come out on top or not? One of the things that I learned from my dad, and remember, we, we grew up poor, but he always smiled. There was always a silver lining. I don't care what the situation is. And you may not see that silver lining today, but at some point in time, God is going to show you where that thing is. There you go. Just this, whatever struggle you're going through right now, this is a moment in time. It is. It, it will is. pass. It will there pass. is, there is something next, something good coming out of it later. Yes. Wow. There you go. There you, well, Denise, thank you so much for being on Hope Without Sight. Everybody, please giving up for Denise Thomas, cracking a code of free college. Stay blessed. Thank you so much, Salem. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hope Without Sight with Salem Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed inspired and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same and in the meantime blessings to all we hope you enjoyed this episode of help without sight with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed, inspired, and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world. Please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same. And in the meantime, blessings to all.